Good morning, church. Can anybody name that tune? Crown, I told Pastor Andrew, it's crown him with many crowns. Crown him with many. Y'all are like, I don't know that song. That's fine. It's fine. Well, welcome to the, the epic, stunning finale, the last week of our Represent series. If you're just joining us, uh, we have been going uh, for eight weeks now. This is week eight, and we've been looking at different biblical characters, different people who have represented God well, some who have represented God not so well throughout Scripture, but how God was able to use all those situations and circumstances to move His mission forward. And we've been gleaning, how can we represent church well? Well, today, uh, for our stunning conclusion, uh, you, you've heard some hints throughout the service, but our last character that we're going to look at today is the church. It's the church. It's, it's more than just one person. It's, it's each of you. It's all of us. We are all a part of it. So here we are, and uh, I will say, um, I've, I've got to start this with a confession. When we began, so this is March, we began the lockdown situation and we were all uh, excused from the building, as it were. Um, I don't think I took as seriously what that might do to us emotionally, um, the, the sense of loss that that would hit us with. Um, intellectually, I think it was like, well, you know, we're, we're still the church no matter where we are, and I still believe that's true, and, and wherever we are, Christ is, and I still believe that's true. Um, but I think I downplayed the significance and the importance of being together and what and how much good that is for our souls and for us as a community. Uh, the legendary D.L. Moody, uh, the prominent pastor in Chicago area uh, in the 1900s, um, he was visiting one of his congregation members when the idea of church membership and involvement came up. And the church member said, I believe I can be just as good of a Christian outside the church as I can be inside of it. Well, Moody didn't say anything, and instead he moved over to the fireplace where he took the tongs and he removed a coal from the fire and he placed it on the hearth. And the two men just sat there and watched that glowing ember die down into just a black piece of coal. And the man said, I see. See you Sunday, Pastor. <laughs> I think that's, that's where we're at. You know, that, that sure, you, you can go for a while and bless those people who, are, who have to uh, for different reasons. The persecuted church, um, people living in solitude, people who are um, in persecuted countries who are by themselves and on their own. Uh, blessings to them. For us who have the privilege to be able to gather, if we just give up that right, we are not doing ourselves and the body of Christ any justice. And part of how the church represents God is simply this, in its gathering, in being the gathered people. The church is the visible expression of God's invisible reality. The church is a visible expression of God's invisible reality, that God is calling a people to himself, that he is making a people. And that's part of what makes us so unique and so incredible is that we're not all the same. We're different. We have different opinions. We have different ideas of things, uh, different classes, different backgrounds, uh, different jobs, different interests. But we come together under the same Lord, 
the same Christ with the same spirit into one baptism and one faith. That's the unity that God calls us into. And that's then what we have in common. And he makes a people out of us. And when we are apart, we can live out our faith. But when we gather, we become the visible expression of that invisible reality, that God is doing this. And that thing that he started with Abraham back in Genesis of calling a people to himself, of making a family out of Abraham, is in, it's in its work. And as I look around, I'm seeing God's faithfulness and God's promise because we are gathered together in this room. So I confess, I downplayed the importance of that. But I see it now and I feel it now because of how good it is to be gathered and how good it is to be together. I don't want us to, uh, to neglect how important it is as a witness and a testimony to the world that in some way we gather together. Now what I don't want you to hear me saying is uh, to, to lift a heavy burden on people that I'm not going to help uh, to alleviate. Because there's also grace in that. Especially right now, we are in the liturgical season of COVID tide. <laughs> and what happens in this season is very different than any other season. Uh, because for very good reason, we are limited in this space. Uh, and there are those who have chosen to stay home for themselves, for their families, for the community, and that's okay. Um, for those of you who are joining online, you've done so intentionally, and I thank you. And I know it's not easy, and I know it's not ideal. Uh, a few, uh, what is it, in late October, I took a Sunday off, and I was at home watching with my family, and I think I was becoming a worse parent trying to watch church at home. <laughs> you parents know exactly what I'm talking about, if you can even hear me saying this, because your kids are probably everywhere right now. Uh, it's not ideal, and it's not perfect, and so just grace upon grace upon grace for those, even if you can't gather, if you can't be here, but my encouragement and my challenge is to find some way, if it's with uh, Christians in your family or friends, to gather by phone, by Zoom, by a group text, by coming in person if you can, and to prioritize the gathering in whatever way you can right now, because that we can in any way is a gift. And we should take that opportunity uh, so that we can continue to be God's visible expression of his invisible reality that God is calling a people to himself. Are you starting to catch that? I think that's important. I'm just going to keep repeating it over and over. Uh, there were a million ways. I was, I was planning this sermon and planning all the, the eloquent things I would say with my loquacious vocabulary, and you would be so impressed with my wise teaching. Uh, and Thursday morning, I, I was just reflecting, and I was like, God, I feel like I've got, literally, God, this was a prayer. I was like, God, I feel like I have all words and no power right now. I don't know where your spirit is in this message. Where, where do you want to speak to your people? Um, because I had a list of like, these are ways we can be the church in the world and things we can do uh, to represent God, and this is how we're going to do it. And what I felt the spirit saying was just gently, like, people are exhausted. The church is tired. The church is just, we're, we're barely holding on, just as people right now. Um, so let's not do a list of to-dos. 
The word that has struck me, uh, that, that God is calling us into today, is kind of a surprise when you think of how do we represent God well in the world. And it's the word lament. One way that we can represent God well in the world is to lament. And when I say lament, I mean uh, it's a fancy word for basically to tell God what makes us mad or sad or afraid and asking him to do something about it. We've got plenty of examples of this throughout Scripture, and we'll read uh, one out of Psalm 42 in a little bit. But that's, that's lament. And one way that we can uh, express, or one way that we uh, represent God is through lament. The reality is we're grieving losses every day. When you look at everybody's thankful list, uh, in general, the first thing that's on top is like the simplest thing. It's not even the material, glitzy, glamorous thing. Uh, it's not my new car. It's not the swimming pool and the, you know, it's, it's family. It's friends. It's being able to gather with people we love. And right now we're being hit hard. Uh, school's being canceled. Events are being canceled. It seems like any time we put anything to look forward to or hope for on the calendar, it's being taken away from us. Uh, birthday parties are being canceled. Trips are being canceled. It's just all being taken over and over again. And I think we're really good, and I can speak for myself, but I think I sense this. We're really good at telling, uh, uh, complaining about it, rightly so, about telling our friends, telling our family, telling anybody about putting it all over social media. Um, but I don't know how good we've gotten at taking these complaints to God and asking him to do something about it. And we also don't really often teach how to do that. So we're going to take an opportunity today so that we can together bring our hearts to God. I believe that we should do this. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, God tells us to. Jesus invites us to come to him, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. First Peter 5, 7, uh, Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. We see an example in Psalm 23 of he leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. God will do uh, the restoration process and the healing in us. Isaiah 55, come to me all you who are thirsty, come and drink. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. This invitation from God to get what we need from him is presented throughout scriptures and we have uh, maybe taken it upon ourselves a little too much to think that everything that we need, we can only get for ourselves. And don't worry, I'm going to tell you how this gets real personal in a minute here. Um, but this allows us to represent God well when we do this, when we lament, because one, it demonstrates our trust in God. It's not only that God can, but we start to enact that God will, because those are two different things. Can, can God give me what I need? Sure. Do you believe that he will? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm scared to ask, because what if he doesn't? Or what if, it, what if it changes me in a way I don't like? Um, so we represent God well when we lament because we demonstrate our trust. We bring him our, our heart issues, and we, we count on him. That like, yeah, God, I believe you're going to take care of this. And secondly, it frees us to receive his goodness. There's a, there's a really great model of prayer that I like, which is uh, the, it's called Acts, and it starts with adoration. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication, or getting the thing, asking God for what you need. And it starts with adoration. What I love about lament is it just, it doesn't, 
necessarily have to start with God's goodness, but it starts with your pain. It's like, God, this is terrible right now. I am sad and I am hurting. And it gives us space to just come before God without preliminaries. And that in itself acknowledges God's character and goodness because you're trusting that he's going to meet you there. So when we bring that pain, it frees us to receive and experience that goodness because we're taking our sad and our mad and our fear and we just lift it up and say, here, and then he can hold it and put something else there instead. But if we just hold on to it like this, where does he have space to to give it to us? I'm confident that this weekend, uh, this thing wouldn't have happened if I weren't preaching on this. So if you don't want bad things to happen to you, don't preach. Because it, it just seems like every time a preacher goes to preach, they're like, so I got this story that just happened. Um, because God in his goodness is kind of tricky. So this week, so for the past three weeks, uh, our, our five-month-old child has been sick. And he's, so he's had congestion and coughing. And that's just basically caused a lot of un, uh, or excuse me, interrupted sleep. There's been a lot of interrupted sleep. We haven't slept through the night very well in weeks. And we had had for months this, this uh, plan to go away this weekend, uh, my wife and I, to go away and uh, to sleep. So <laughs> we got an Airbnb in Minneapolis, and it was in an apartment-style building. And the first night, went to bed and just slept. And it was glorious goodness. Quiet, silent, like I woke up and was like, it's creepy quiet in here. Because in our house, we have like nine air filters and the sound machines for the kids. And it sounds like a wind tunnel. And when I sleep, it's like, it's like you're at the salon with the thing over your head, reading your magazine. That's what it sounds like all the time. But in this place, it was just so silent. And it was beautiful and glorious. The next night, go to bed at 10 o'clock because I was like, literally said like, I want to go to bed early enough, like just, just pass out and not wake up till like eight in the morning and just sleep because I don't know when this is going to happen again. I don't know when we're going to be able to sleep. So I'm just going to take advantage. One o'clock in the morning, through the wall, And it's, what is this? My wife and I are just staring at each other like icy daggers into each other's eyes. This is not okay. We left the children at home. What is this? And we're in this situation where, I mean, I'm going to cut you know, all the details out just to make it a long story short. We, we tried the banging on the wall, the knocking on the door, the trying to find building maintenance. The, like, we tried everything we could to make it stop. Eventually, we got up and watched Netflix because what else are you going to do? It's ended eventually at four in the morning. Four o'clock. And I was mad. Not just mad, like I indignant. How dare you take this from me? Just like really, and it's it's I smile now because to keep me from crying. <laughs> but it was just painful because it really felt just like this person had done something. They have wronged me. And there is no way to make this right. And I am never gonna get that rest back for the rest of my life because I have kids. <laughs> So as I'm preparing for this sermon, (laughs) 
<laughs> just this, because I had already had kind of this idea that we were going to be talking about lament and bring God our feelings. And then God's like, okay, put it into practice, buddy. <laughs> so I uh, just, and it took a while to like get to that place. Um, but in taking notes, just writing and, and just bringing it before the Lord, I wrote it down. And the, the kind of the formula is very, very relational. It's, uh, I just use the God I feel blank because blank. Uh, it's the God I feel, I feel mad because the rest I need has been taken from me and there's no way I can get it back. And I quieted myself and I heard the response. I heard just the words of Jesus just came to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. And then I had to get real. So I was like, I want to stay mad about this. I, I don't really want to give this over. In, in, for whatever reason inside me, this pride, this control, this way that I want to be able to figure it out, like, this is something that I just, I don't know. And so I just, I just had to say, and I wrote my prayer, help me, Jesus, help me release control, release my pride, and receive your peace and your, underlined, your rest. Help me receive your peace and your rest. And with that, and... And I'll just finish that story. And I got it. I received it. The anger, the indignation, the desire to knock heads um, and to just, it fell away. It fell away. And, and it was replaced with disappointment because even still, like, still didn't sleep and was really, really looking forward to being unconscious for 10 hours straight. Um, but it, it wasn't scathing and simmering and boiling over. And I was able to uh, talk through it and pray through it with my wife. And we were able to enjoy the morning and go on with the day with, with the peace of Christ that truly passes all understanding. And, and I believe that this did demonstrate trust. It demonstrated the trust that, that God will pull through that he does these things for us and because, because I handed it. Uh, and it also freed me to receive his goodness. And that's, that's what I needed. More than rest, more than sleep, I needed rest. And that rest wasn't going to be found there, but it was found in the arms of my Savior. This morning, uh, I, I just felt like the Spirit was saying, uh, Say less, pray more. And so we're going to, uh, the, the sermonizing stops there. And the, the prayer time for us is going to begin. Because I want to give you an opportunity to put this into practice. Even though COVID has changed the pace of our lives, uh, many of us are still moving faster than we ever have. And we are not uh, taking the time or choosing to take the time or able to take the time to prioritize sitting before the, our Father who loves us and crying out and calling out to Him. So we're going to do that because that's, you're going to get a lot more out of that than me continuing to speak.
Um, I'm going to ask Brianna to uh, come up and I'm going to read from Psalm 42, from the beginning of it, um, just to give you the, the road map. I'm going to read this psalm. We're going to take an opportunity for, I'll lead us in just a brief prayer, and then we'll open it up for a time where you get to do some business with, with the Lord, because he wants to hear from you. And uh, then if we have time, just depending on where we're at, we might, uh, we might share a little bit. I'm not sure. We'll just see where we're at. But might might do a little microphone in case anybody wants to say, like, hey, this is how, this is what I'm grieving. Because we might get some, yeah, me too. I'm grieving that too. And uh, scriptures tell us to mourn with those who mourn. So receive this reading from somebody who was once really sad in the presence of God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I, how I used to go to the house of God. Relevant. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. God, Father God, our hearts cry out to you this morning. Our hearts that are yours long for things that we cannot control and things that we cannot grasp. In your great mercy, God, hear our complaints as we bring them to you. And if you're looking for a good way to pray right now, just in your heart, you can use that. God, I feel blank because blank. What is the, what is the anger or the sadness or the fear that you'd like to bring to the Lord? We can do that now. to the Lord. What does he what does he say? What is how does he respond to you? What is he what is he speaking back into your complaint?
you have anything keeping you from receiving God's love, his grace, his peace, whatever, just tell him what it is. If you don't know, if you don't know why, you can say that too. seconds here. Father, we bring you our sad and our mad, bring you our fear, bring you our complaints this morning, trusting that you want to do something about it. For your continued kindness, mercy, and goodness. God, we, we thank you. Amen. Um, keep playing. Um, I'm just going to put it out there, and if, and if nobody wants to, that's okay, but just curious if anybody would like to share uh, if there was something that you took before God or if he presented something to you or if you took it and didn't hear anything, um, if you would like to be the brave person or persons, uh, you can raise a hand or if you're online, you can put it in the chat and uh, share with those around you. And the reason we do this uh, isn't just to say it for ourselves, but for the benefit of others. So if you think that Lord's prompting you to speak it out, then we'll run a mic over to you. Um, but that option's there. I'm going to count to 10 in my head slowly. That's how long I'll wait. All right. Just wanted to leave space for that. Well, it is, uh, it is my hope, church, that we continue to represent God well. And that happens... Um, in our gathering, in our being together, in our committing to one another to be his people, to be that visible expression of his invisible reality that he is calling a people to himself. And then also that we would lament, that we would be sad before him. Because the world is looking for ways to do just that and get rid of their grief. And may we be the type of people
the Jesus people who now are equipped to help others take their sad and mad and afraid before the Lord. Oh God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the time we have here and we get to do this. We pray that we will be your people helping others do this out in the world as we continue to be the church in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.